Welcome to the Show Up Society podcast, where I talk about showing up for your goals one tiny step at a time. I'll help you break down your big fat dreams into tiny bite-sized pieces that are totally doable as long as you just keep showing up. I talk about anything from running to creativity, to mindset, to small business, to whatever else comes up. You'll see how just showing up for yourself every day in the tiniest way can make a huge impact and change your life. I'm your host, Tammy Bennett, artist, coach, habit keeper, and idea machine. I can't wait to cheer you on. So let's get started. Hello, friend. It is episode 40 of the Show Up Society podcast, and I think it's time to have a little fun around here. So I asked my husband, Chris Bennett, to come on, and we are asking each other a series of questions that neither of us knows about ahead of time. Chris is the Nike running global head coach, and he is the author of almost all of the guided runs in the Nike running app which means that if you go on a guided run, my husband, Chris, will be talking in your ear, giving you lots of coaching tips and advice. And it's a great way to get into running if you haven't run before. And it's great reminders if you are an established runner as well. He also writes a lot of the training programs for Nike running from distances from 5K all the way up to marathon, and I will give a link to those in the show notes. Chris coached high school running at one of the most successful programs in the country at Christian Brothers Academy in New Jersey for seven years, and he taught history there. And going back a little farther than that, he ran for the Nike Farm Team, which was an Olympic development team uh, after college. And going back farther than that, he and I both ran cross country and track for the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, Go Heels. And that is how we met. And he has been a part of my life for more years than he has not been a part of my life. And he is an amazing father. He is my best friend. He is my biggest um, supporter and cheerleader and believer in all of my crazy ideas. So um, it's going to be so fun to have him on the show today, and hopefully this won't be the only time that he is with us. Okay, so here's how I think this is going to go. We haven't planned it, so this is the first time you're hearing about it. Um, so I, we each wrote five-ish questions for each other. We have no idea what they are, like zero clue. I'm, I'm ready to jump right in. I want, I want to hear your answers. And it's halftime in a very important NBA game. It is, but you seem more concerned about that than me. I'm recording it, so I'm fine with how long this takes as long as it doesn't take too long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so should I go first? You're in charge. I'm the guest. You you just tell me what to do. Um, I'll go first. Okay. So what is which one of your senses is the most precious to you? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I'm starting to worry about my own questions now. <laughs> that's, geez. Is there a job professional question asker? Because that's amazing. Most precious, I would say sight, you know, and I think part of that is because maybe I read into things too much, but I enjoy doing that. So I like to see emotion. I know I can hear it and I can sense it, but there's something about seeing it. So if the sound is off on a TV and I'm watching something, I can, I can get just about everything I need out of it. 
And it's the same thing if I'm watching races or watching people sing or anything like that. So yeah, I would, I would say sight, but all of my senses are very dear to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm surprised you didn't say hearing though, because as much as you like music, and I'm really surprised to hear you say that you can get enough out of seeing someone sing. I think that's because so much of what I end up uh, doing and is about watching and listening, but it's also watching and, and maybe it's, I'm just biased from years and years and years of watching runners because you're not really talking to them when you're coaching. You're you're really watching them for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I'd be missing out on so much. And on top of that, there are so many other ways you can communicate, you know, noise or sound or whatever you want to say. Um, so I, I feel like I could still get something. I could feel um, what people are trying to say by what their face looks like or, or the movements they're making. So I feel like I can get some of the other things. I guess this means also I have no taste. Isn't that one of the senses? Right. And smell and your sixth sense and touch. I'm already forgetting the question. It's just which one's my most precious. It wasn't I can only have one, right? Did I just twist this into me thinking I only have one? Well, when I made the question, I kind of thought, like, if you could only have one, what would it be? Yeah. So I answered the question you thought of asking but didn't. (laughs) So see, we really are meant to be together. So I would say... Yeah, I would. I, I still cite. Although okay. dinner would be a disaster because I don't. I don't know if what I'm serving you is any good. We would let you know with yeah, our by your face. I'd language. see with your facial right. expression <laughs> with our tears. <laughs> that's right. She's crying, and that's not joy. Okay, you ready for mine? Well, this is the thing. I was going to go question for question, but something that you just said kind of can lead into one of my other questions. You're so... in charge. That means I get to ask two in a row, though, at one point. Okay. Okay. So you said something about uh, coaching. You can see the athlete and learn a lot from that. My question was, in an athlete, what about them makes you know that they're going to be good? So, like, let's say you're coaching in high school, first day of practice. You get a whole new group of freshmen, and the the older kids have come back. Looking around at an athlete, what? How do you know they're going to be good? Oddly enough, it, it's it's probably not. It has nothing to do with watching them run. I think it's watching them before and after they run, and actually, um, it, it's it's really hard to explain. the 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 only way I can do it is is there are certain qualities where you look at someone and you say, "I want them to have the baton last," which is which is to me one of the more striking qualities of someone because it means you know that they're not going to give up and you can trust them. It, it I find it very hard to look at someone and go, "Look how beautiful their form is." And like I've never been that type of a person when it comes to runners. That's not what I meant anyway. To me, I think it's a little bit more of um are they having fun and how do they carry themselves and and I think having coached young athletes for so long, it comes across in a lot of ways of uh Swagger is the wrong word. So I think that it has a lot to do with confidence and with young athletes, it's not always about confidence. It's just, you know, and in a lot of ways they're just pricks. And, um, and I mean that in the best possible way, like if they have a tough day, it doesn't get them down. And some coaches look at that and say they don't care. And it's not that they just tough days can bounce off them. 
And you can see that. You can see in how they talk to other athletes. They're not intimidated by maybe an athlete that's better than them, better than them at that point in their career. Um, you can see how they joke around. And when they get, you know, when they're fooling around with each other, it's, it's the, the barbs that happen when you're younger don't affect them as much. Um, and at the same time, they're never on the attack trying to beat someone up to make themselves look better. So there, there's all of these little things, I think, that turn into qualities that you could just say or make them better humans. But a lot of it translates into just some kick-ass running. So I don't know if that answers your question or not. Yeah, I like it. It's my turn now, right? Yeah. All right. So I have I have a couple good ones. All right. So my first one, you're about to summit Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. What are you leaving behind at the peak? Oh. What are you bringing with you all the way up there to leave at the summit of Mount Everest? That's a good question. Right? I was super proud of that one. Well, it can't be heavy and it can't take up too much space. We're so different because you think up, you think of this in such a, a an intelligent way. Like that's such an obvious thing to think of first. And I didn't even, that never even crossed my mind. Of how heavy it would be? You're climbing up Mount Everest with it on your back. Well, just like, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to take up a lot of space. You don't want it too heavy because you're walking miles into the, you know, off sea level. So, okay. So what is it? Well, the very, very first, the very first thing that came to mind was, and this makes no sense, is like a pebble from the beach, like a rock, a smooth rock from the beach, like with maybe like something painted on it. Like Tam was here, something. Just something that simple. Yeah. And there's something neat about bringing something from sea level to the highest point. Now, if I wasn't scared of the ocean and I could dive really down deep to like the deepest part of the ocean and get a souvenir from there and then go all the way up to Everest and put it on the top, that would be amazing. Wow. But because I'm scared of deep water, I would just settle for sea level. Okay. So it's not a laminated picture of your family or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's a random pebble off the beach. That I said I would paint. So <laughs> I'd paint your names on it, probably. It's a big pebble. It's getting heavier and taking up space. I have a small paintbrush. <laughs> All right. I have another question for you. Go. If you found yourself on a stage in front of 20,000 people and you had to sing, oh, what's God. the song in... Who is your backing band? And the band does not have to be the band that is associated with the song. Hmm. Um, can I like dance and stuff? You can do the stage is yours. You can do whatever you want. Uh, I think I would choose a band that we saw live by accident when we first moved to Portland. They are called con bro chill. I don't know if they're still together but that would be it. So I will find them, find a video of them and put a link to them on my show notes. That is an outstanding choice. Yes. And just in case I like, in case you don't look up the video, they are amazing. And they, what, how do you describe them? Like I've kept the videos on my phone. 
So that's because I can't describe them. I just say, here, look, and then people's heads explode. Yeah. But they they're, they have really good songs. They are kind of techno meets 80s meets... Meets jazzercise. Or, yeah, I'm not jazzercise. Sure. Yeah, it's... Whatever it, whatever they do, it's it's epic. Yeah. But what song are you now singing with them as your backing band? See, this is the thing. I, as you know, don't remember any song titles, even from like my very, very favorite songs and bands and albums of all time. I just have this slick slot spot in my brain that doesn't store song titles, so I don't know the song that I would sing. We're pretty early in this for you to not answer the question. Well, I'm answering to the best of my ability. Could you sing a part of a song and I'll tell you the name of the title? Right now? Any song? Well, the song that you want to sing in front of 20,000 people with Combro Chills, your backing band. I don't remember any of their songs. This was like five years ago when I saw them. Well, remember, Conbro Chill is just the backing band. It doesn't have to be one of their songs. You can pick any song by anyone. They're just the band behind you. Okay. I would probably still pick one of theirs because they're so fun. But because I can't think of any right right now, I would choose maybe um, Forever Young. By Alphaville? I think. So you... Okay. Can you please put up a video of them in concerts so, you, so people can understand how Forever Young by Alphaville is the opposite of what they do? But can you understand how they would make it miraculous? They would. They would make it miraculous and there'd be epic movements. And they would use their hands a lot. It would be, a, yeah, it would be great. It's just, that is a, all right. Hey, it's your concert. Yeah. That's really good. All right. Well, those are my two, two back-to-backs. Okay. So we're ready for me asking you again. Yep. You are a history teacher. We're a history teacher. Still are to our children in a way. I hate history with all of my cells. But I will admit. That if you had been my history teacher a million years ago, maybe I wouldn't hate history as much. I appreciate that. (laughs) So my question is, if you're teaching right now, what are maybe like in three sentences, one sentence for each thing, what are three things that you would really want to get across to your students right now, like for 2020? Your questions are so much better than mine. This is just, this is unfair. And I knew going into this, that was going to be the case. No, I'm like all serious and you're talking about like magical Everest moments. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm Lucky Charms and you're just a really good, healthy, wonderful breakfast that makes everyone feel good afterwards. And mine, you're just kind of by the end of it, you're just disappointed that you had that third bowl. You're like, I didn't I didn't even need that. Wait, what are those gross ones? Grape nuts? That's what I am. Oh <laughs> yes. Grape nuts are terrible. And but I, they have I the would, word grape in them. You think they're going to be fun. And there's nothing grape about them at all. No. Nothing. And, and you know what's funny? My my parents would, would have it. And it was obviously different than any other box of cereal because it was very heavy and small. <laughs> and I there was a period of time where I was so into basketball that I I had grape nuts a couple of days a week. <laughs> For a couple of months, because I thought I'm, I need to, I need to do everything I can to be a better athlete. Right. And I would eat these grape nuts and there was nothing you could do while you ate them 
that that could convince yourself that this was a good idea because it was like gravel. It was just horrible. Well, before we get back to your question, did you play better having eaten the grape nuts? No, I would imagine. I to be honest, I think looking back, I was uh, I would leave that part of the day, the morning, slightly depressed, and I think it carried into the rest of my day <laughs> because my my siblings were leaving, you know, skipping and you know prancing up the road after having Lucky Charms and I had grape nuts and I just looked like a, a depressed, cynical old man. I was 12. So I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, so back to your history class. Uh, well, there's a couple things that I know don't get taught very often. So I would, I would probably more just be um, reminding the students that uh, the purpose of history is to 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 be able to be a part of the conversation. That's really why you're taking history. And I would probably just be letting them know that right now, if they want to be a part of instead of a part from the conversation that's going on right now, there's a few things that they should get interested in. Uh, one would be uh, the Reconstruction era and what's known as the Redemption era after the Civil War and you know, some people may roll their eyes and go, oh, it's history, but it's not. It's, I mean, there were incredible, um, really powerful things that occurred right after the Civil War that would make you proud to be a part of this country. And then right after that, within about 10, 10 12 years, um, some things occurred that, one, would make you ashamed, and two, would really, really um, clear up a number of things about why things are the way they are now. So I, I would probably point to that because again, the one thing that's in interesting about history is it, it's all connected. So what most people don't realize is history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes, which is that's from Mark Twain. And again, that, that's what I would be reminding my students. And again, I think that's the most exciting thing about history is if you actually pay attention and enjoy it, there is no conversation you will ever feel like you can't take part in. Okay. I like it. My question, which now suddenly seems silly. If you could play any character from a movie you've seen, who would it be? Uh, Kristen Wiig in Bridesmaids, hands down. Although, really? now this is the thing. I obviously wouldn't be as good as her. So there's that. But it would be so fun to do but, but so you would you would go straight for a comedy yeah but she has a lot of deep dark twisty sad and and funny parts i agree it's probably why she was so good in that yeah you could also be describing yourself at this point as well which is why you'd probably be so good at it there you go Kristen wake so all right so can i do a second one yeah. What was harder and why? Training for the 10K in college or studying for finals in law school? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, if we're going to be really honest, the only reason I did the 10K in college is because no one else wanted to. <laughs> well, you're also very good at it. I have a follow-up question that doesn't count. What event would you have done 
instead of the 10K, and you won't admit it, but you got second at the ACC championships in the 10K. So if you if you didn't do the 10K, what event would you have done? Uh, was there a 3K outdoors? There was a 3K indoors, which you were also all ACC in, um, which you probably haven't told anybody. But there was not a 3K outdoors. For the women outdoors, there was the 1500, the 5K, and the 10K. Yeah, so it would be the 5K. 3K if they had it, but they didn't. No. Well, that's a much nicer event. 12 and a half laps. The 10K is 25 laps on an outdoor track. So back to the question. All right, let me change it. What was harder, training for the 10K in college or training for the bar exam with a baby? I would say train uh, the bar, studying for the bar with a baby and no child care, um, which meant I really only studied a couple hours a night. I would leave, you know, you would come home from work, I would hand you Jack, and I would leave to go to a three-hour study session. Um, but the weird thing is, is the word hard, I don't, I mean, it was a lot of pressure because I wanted to pass the bar the first time, and I did, but... I also had such good perspective because I was home with a human baby little human that was adorable all day. And so I didn't have that mental stress that a lot of my other classmates put themselves through by thinking like that this was the the biggest, most important thing on earth. And to me, it wasn't, it was really important. There was a lot of pressure, but it wasn't the most important thing. And so I think, yeah, it was, you know, it was harder than training for the 10 K, but it still wasn't like a end all be all that a lot of my, classmates made it be that's a great answer um is it my turn to ask you yeah my next question for you pick a three to five word life mantra like that, that like wraps up your life philosophy maybe mantra is not the right word yeah is that confusing no not at all i i, just, I say the same stuff all the time and i feel like it, it in a way it maybe it lessens the value of it, or maybe it doesn't, maybe it's the opposite, but, um, I'll say hand the baton off in a better place than you got it. Ooh, I like it. I know that's not three words or five words. It's more, I think it's like 12. Yeah. It's probably 12 or seven, but yeah. Hand the baton off in a better place than you got it would be my overarching mantra. If I had to guess, do you want to explain it a little? Yeah, that it came from, uh, when I was coaching, high school kids uh, towards championship season, not for the varsity kids, but for the freshmen in the JV before we would go to a meet, a freshman and JV championship meet, which was, again, the kids realized this wasn't a varsity meet. I would get up before we left the school. I would stand up uh, on the bus and talk to the kids and say just how, important this meet was because they are varsity not yet but they will be and what their entire job should be and they should be looking around and they should be thinking about what's going right and what's going wrong with the team and their goal should be that when they leave these freshmen and jv runners that are going to be in this bus two years or three years from now are in a better place than they are the team's a better team. It's a happier team, a more positive team, a more successful team. There's less mistakes, more success, more learnings. Everything is better. 
And that's their job. And it comes from the simple fact that you have four people on a relay team and it can, you can lose sight of how well a relay runner does. Because again, you're, you're always measuring it really by the finish line. And that's not really fair because each runner has their own start and finish line within this relay. So the, the job is in your leg while you hold the baton, can you hand it off? to your teammate in a better position than you got it. If you can do that, then you did your job. And that's, to me, that's something that, that obviously I, I would, I hoped I was saying it in a way where I hoped it extended far beyond the sport of running for these kids. Oh yeah. But yeah, for me, that's, that's the key. And yeah. And I said, in some ways it takes the pressure off or at least it, um, puts a little bit more focus on the individual because if you're the first leg or the second leg or the third leg, you're not the last person to hold the baton. You're not the one who's going to technically win the race. That's the anchor leg, but it doesn't make your job any less important. So if everyone does their job, then the relay did as best as they possibly could. And that's, man, if you take that into the rest of your life, then it's a pretty good life whether you're a parent or a sibling or a partner or a business owner or employee. So yeah, that's my long winded answer. All right. That's great. Hey, it's me. I'm interrupting my own podcast to let you know that Chris and I talked for so long and had so much fun that it would just be too long for one podcast episode. So I'm going to split it in half and call it a day for this episode. And you'll have to come back next week to hear what else we have to talk about. I'm lucky enough that I get to hear Chris talk every day about how to become a better runner and how to become a better person. And I'm so glad that we get to share some of that with you. My favorite thing he said in part one of our podcast together was when he said, hand the baton off in a better place than you got it. And as he mentioned, this is about so much more than just running. We can use that same motto when we're talking about our environment, when we're talking about social justice, when we're talking about parenting, we can pretty much use it in every aspect of our lives. For the things that we mentioned in today's episode, please go to showupsociety.com forward slash 40 and the links will be there for you. And you can also find out how to follow Chris Bennett um, on Instagram, where he writes lots of inspirational posts. And you can find out more about the Nike running app and his training programs and the other things that we mentioned in today's episode. I hope that you will go there. And if you do leave a comment for us on which part of this episode you liked the best. And if there's any particular questions you would like us to ask each other next time, let us know. Thank you so much for showing up for today's episode of the Show Up Society podcast. Now go out there and show up for yourself. Hey friend, I knew you would stick around. You're making this world a better place just by being in it.